Hi, everybody. I'm John. And I'm Ann. And this is John, John and Ann's, Ann's Wrestling, Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. I was playing bass. I was trying to play bass. I don't know if that was. I just gotta say this before we get going on the wrestling stuff. Riverside FM, you're about to get the spiciest email from me you ever done got. Because oh my god, why isn't the live media working? <laughs> it's the thing I pay for. Yeah, we it's don't... the one thing I need from you. I can do the rest of this in post, and now I'm going to have to. Anyway, we don't have a like, great track record with podcasting software. Somehow it fails to do like the thing it's supposed to do. Like it's never like something stupid that doesn't work. It's like the thing doesn't work. Yeah, it's like if you (laughs) bought a car and they were like, "Oh, this car is great. Air conditioning works great. Uh, Oh, it doesn't move." Yeah, yeah. yeah. You no. You you turn the key in the morning to go to work, and it's like, "Oh, the car doesn't turn on." Uh, Yeah. Sometimes it just doesn't turn on. Yeah. And it's like, what, what, what does it do? What does it do? For uh, any Gen Z drivers out there, cars used to turn on with keys. Now they have buttons. Oh, right. I forgot. The yeah. cars don't have keys You know what's anymore. funny? Buttons makes more sense. It's the only, like, nothing is ter- else buttons turns on with keys. Buttons does make more sense. Nothing else turns on with keys. All right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, hi, everybody. Let's talk about wrestling. I, to be full disclosure, I'm just going to be honest with the fans. I didn't get to watch a lot of wrestling this week. I had other things going on. Um, but we kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit yeah, about I how wanted... there's so much wrestling. So this, I think, is the perfect segue. I came into the bedroom. You were watching Impact. I did. I watched Impact. Yeah. I, see, this is the thing. I'm <clears> saying, <throat> like, I didn't get to watch much wrestling this week. I watched the full Impact show and part of the old G1 they reran after it. Yeah, because they do on <laughs> Access afterwards. They do, like, New Japan, which is... And our recording picks it up. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... And then last night I watched GCW Cleanup. Wow, I didn't even realize you did that. Yeah. I was watching uh, most of Collision, but it's just great because I think Impact is the perfect segue into that. There's just so much wrestling. So There's much. There's too much for any one person or two people there to is keep up with all of it. so much wrestling. And if you have like a busy week where yeah. you're like, okay, I really need to spend my Wednesday night like catching up on this or going to bed early or you're like you've got a weekend where you're like Friday and Saturday I have plans with friends you know God forbid. Uh, yeah, so. we. I mean, we went out to a, a quick dinner and movie with some friends of ours. And yeah, a co- collision just could not happen. Right, and so then you're like, well, and I don't even watch WWE. Like, I do not no, make yeah, a point to watch Raw or SmackDown. I watch that on Instagram in clips. That that's the how they want you to watch talent. It. I like posts, yeah. so <laughs> I don't have to dedicate six hours of my week to that endeavor. Yeah. But like. It's just amazing how even with the small, like the relatively small amount of wrestling I watched, I feel like I didn't see anything this week. Yeah. It's, no, no offense to Impact. That's not a judgment no, no, on the no. Impact it's show. Just, it's just that it's they're. It's just funny. That I they, feel like I've I'm not the authority this week on what's going on in wrestling it's because fun, of that. Impact is great, and I do have a lot of respect for Impact. And I do enjoy their show yeah. when I watch it, but it is kind of the epitome of like. Oh right, yeah, Imp- impact. Like, there's too much wrestling. Well, I was, you know? I was. You walked in while I was watching it, and you watched part of it with me, and it was just funny because I was telling you this. I was like, "This feels like 
And again, this is no shade to impact a company I very much enjoy. The only company I've bought a t-shirt from, I think. Um, For yourself, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, but it feels like it's the one wrestling promotion where it genuinely feels like I would meet a juggalo in the audience. Yeah, it does feel very, very juggalo. Like I, I go to a lot of indie shows and, you know, I've been on a lot. I've seen a lot of these scenes in the last couple of years. Yeah. And I would say that that is this one scene where I'm like, somebody here has a tattoo of that running guy with the hair, you know? <laughs> um, and it, I think it's part of because of the way they mix the sound for the show. Mm hmm. Um, and this is like the second time I've gone in deep criticizing the way Impact puts their show together. Oh yeah, you've had but like <laughs> structural notes. <laughs> I've had a lot of structural notes for Impact. Production notes. But I think it's because they mic the crowd in such a way. It sounds, it reminds me of like Jerry Springer. Like it kind of sounds like a fight isn't supposed to be happening and that one has just broken out. And I think yeah. part of it was because one of the matches I was watching this week had uh, the guy's wife on the side of the ring. Yeah. And she was yelling like, "You think you're better than us?" And it was just, it was just, it just gave such white trash vibes. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie Edwards and Delicia Edwards really yeah. do um, hit that Jerry Springer. Eddie yeah. Edwards used to be like a very like indie wrestler. He had the the tights and everything, and then he got to Impact, and he became like very kind of Jerry Springer. He became like a hardcore guy, which he never was before. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I have been for like ten years dying for eddie edwards to turn to have a i mean he's been a heel in this time but to have a heel character where he becomes a corporate sellout mm-hmm. wears a suit and calls himself edward edwards yeah and he has not done that and i'm furious about it <laughs> edward edwards do it i mean why have you not done this you've been eddie edwards for 20 years or whatever you but hear anyways, that eddie you hear come that on, eddie. eddie come on edward but yeah their uh impact is you know, it's just, it, impact is the kind of the epitome of like, oh, that's where this guy is. Yeah, that's where this guy's been. Like Speedball, Mike Bailey is there. Oh yeah, Jonathan he Gresham is, is there. Trinity is there. It's funny because they just call him Mike Bailey. Yeah, the uh, the impact announcers just call him Mike Bailey, and so they do that. And I'm like, Mike Bailey, I know that guy. Oh, yeah. Speedball. Speedball. <laughs> I bought a shirt from him. Um, but yeah, Impact is good. I would like to watch it, but there's just too much wrestling, and that's my point. And I. I think that's a great thing. I love that there's too much wrestling for even me to watch. Even if you, like, I watch so much wrestling, it's like a part-time or almost full-time job, mm-hmm. and I don't watch Raw or SmackDown. I watch the WWE mo- monthly pay-per-views. Yeah, So, like, same. you can watch so much, and this isn't even to, like, shade WWE or, or have any sort of criticism on WWE. They do what they do, you know, well most of the time, but, like, it is just, like, incredible to me now as a guy who who was a big wrestling fan in like the 2000s and 2010s when it was like a barren wasteland yeah unless you like really were savvy about the internet or you spent a lot of money on like dvds like yeah. roh dvds or pwg or something like the streaming options oh, were God, really roh didn't even think about ROH. yeah yeah they had like they had you know it, it was just wwe the only thing that was like really easily accessible was WWE. And so now it's like there's so much wrestling. You can watch tons. You could watch wrestling every day, a different show every day, and not not a frame of WWE. You know what it is? You know what it feels like to me? It feels like WWE is Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um, AEW is Universal Studios. Yeah. Uh, probably literally. 
Impact is Six Flags. Uh, <laughs> which is good. People, yeah, love, yeah. Six People love Six Flags. I love Six Flags. Six yeah. Flags is great. Um, and then like GCW is like the state fair kind of. Yeah, GCW is the carnival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a traveling, it's a, it's a traveling carnival. carnival. <laughs> you know. It's like, oh, there's a fair up the street yeah. this week. GCW is Joey Janela smoking a cigarette running like the swing ride. Um, Why do I feel like they would embrace that? Oh, of course. No, Janela would. That's basically his gimmick. Um, is a carny like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they uh, those are they're very accurate um, depictions of yeah. it. But in that same metaphor... It's kind of nice because not everybody has to go to every theme park every week. Yeah. It's, it's kind of how I feel. Like this week I went to Six Flags and the State Fair and I enjoyed myself. I had a nice time. Yeah. When I go to Six Flags, it's like nice to be there. It's nice to be around friends. I'm not necessarily that into it, but I'm, you know. They got the I'm commercial gonna, with the dancing guy. It's iconic. Gen Z's not going to know what that is. That's another thing Gen Z doesn't know. Oh, no. Know. Gen Z doesn't know the old man from Six Gen Flags. Gen Z doesn't know the old man from Six Flags. It was we, definitely not really an old man. It was definitely a man in makeup. Cause, yeah. It yeah. was like a dancer who was, was in prosthetics for sure. All this. Look up the Six Flags dancing old man. The, was it Venga Bus? I think that's the name of the oh, song. Oh, yeah, it was the Venga yeah. Boys. The Venga Boys But, yeah, it's, uh, it, there's too much wrestling. Well, and then the other reason we wanted to talk about this was because there's going to be even more wrestling. There's going to be more wrestling, and I think you're going to be excited about this. I'm because excited. Because remember, you know, there was a lot of uh, Joshi wrestling, which is Japanese women's wrestling, uh, and a lot of Joshi stars were here for, um, like, wrestlemania weekend so they were in like the la area and it was fun because they're not here a lot um yeah and you were sad when they left i was sad when the joshis left and now they're coming back uh, maybe permanently or, or much more regularly because it looks like there's going to be a joshi promotion coming out in new york city a u.s based one and it will it's be talents from japan yeah and it's not like i know you saw that comment on that blog post that mentioned spark which is mm-hmm. the West Coast Joshi promotion yeah, yeah. that just started. This is not that. Okay, because I saw some names on that one that were very similar to like the uh, some of the people we've seen on those shows and people we've seen here. Like I think yeah. I saw Janai Kai, who was... And Janai Kai demon. was on GCW last yeah. night. Uh, I so think some there's like a lot American of... American wrestlers are on it as well. Yeah, there are... I think they've just been testing the waters in the last year and realized that people really, people in America really do love the Joshis. This is also... I love the Joshis. This is also a thing like, as the internet has flourished and wrestling has gotten easier to to get, to find and to watch, um, like an example of this is back in 2006, ROH did Samoa Joe versus... Kenta Kobashi and Kobashi is a, a legendary Japanese professional wrestler and I had heard stories that when he came here people he was like am I gonna have to be like like a foreign heel or something because he that was what his frame of reference for like U.S. wrestling was mm-hmm. and somebody on the ROH show was like dude these people worship you <laughs> there's you are gonna be like a god out there and mm-hmm. he went there and people were nuts in that match he got like covered in streamers because at Ring of Honor and a lot of indie shows, you throw streamers. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, people know uh, international stars and people want to see them and people yeah. get excited now. And maybe that, like, you know, if the 80s or something, people didn't know or didn't, didn't yeah. care. But, and like, the, now people know. People. Yeah. And I the, was very excited to see New Japan stars here even 10 years ago because mm-hmm. it wasn't as common. Yeah. And the Joshis have such a distinct 
identity mm-hmm. that I think is really accessible to people outside of pro wrestling. And I think that that is something that they're tapping into with this new promotion because the what we read was that they're bringing in people from fashion and media and, mm-hmm. and outside yeah. the pro wrestling world to like make it a really unique experience. Like mm-hmm. they're going to spend a lot of money on the production of it, which I think is great because I think it is like Joshi wrestling is very surreal and character driven mm-hmm. in a way that lends itself to being kind of a, a real life anime. <laughs> That's kind of great. And I think that they could get a lot of the audiences of anime, like anime audiences, yeah. J-pop audiences, K-pop audiences, like people who love fashion, you know, that culture and that like vibe, I think are going to, I think they would really enjoy Joshi wrestling. And I, I think that's probably what they're trying to do. I think it'll, it'll tap into an audience that is not tapped into. And I also, um, I, I think it'll tap into this. There's a lot of people who would like wrestling and wouldn't care about the matches necessarily. And I think that's a good audience to grab into. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like it's like any casual sports fan. Yeah. You know, somebody who's like, oh, I don't know, like, the intricacies of this sport. Like, I can't speak to the fundamentals of the basketball team's skill. Mm-hmm. But I enjoy going to the basketball game. You yeah, know, like, there's games. those yeah. people exist. And I think a lot of them could exist for Joshi because Joshi has... Joshi has magic in it. Like, there are yeah. Joshis that have magical powers. Yeah. So it's like... It's a fun it's show. It's just waiting for the Comic-Con audience to discover it. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> and not in a creepy way. No, <laughs> but the, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm specifically talking about, like, women, too. Because yeah, yeah. when I think of those audiences, I don't automatically think of 100% men like you do. No, I'm just saying that they, they're, you know... Inevitably, I'm trying to get you. I'm going to get you canceled. This show, no ah, erasure. No. no, 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 uh, no. I'm just saying those guys will also be there. Oh, for sure. But no, it's, I just it's, think that there are a lot of women who would love Josie, Joshi wrestling. Yeah, um, I mean, Stardom is one of the most popular promotions in the world. It's definitely like the number two promotion in Japan, mm-hmm. and wrestling is very popular in Japan. So. New Japan Pro Wrestling is, uh, you know, unfortunately, Old Japan didn't didn't work out. No, but Old Japan famously Old Japan. didn't work out. OJPW. Uh, yeah. So we're excited about that Joshi new Joshi promotion, and we'll yeah hopefully find out more about it soon. Did you want to talk about some things that actually happened in the too much wrestling we didn't get to watch this week? Yeah. So again, you I th- can tell me about it because I didn't get to see it. I of think it. I think it's fantastic that there's too much wrestling. I just love that there's so much that nobody can keep up with it. I think that's good. It means wrestling is flourishing. Maybe it's not hitting exactly the highs of the Attitude Era, like dollar wise, but it's still obviously successful enough if all these promotions are being able to exist. Um, but yeah, some some stuff did happen this week. Uh, didn't quite finish Collision, but I you did didn't watch. Have to tell anybody that you could have lied. I could have lied, but they would have known. Our our you know, our John and Ann addicts uh, would have known. But anyway, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Kenny Omega was said to be out of the country, and some people were like, "Oh, he went to oh, Canada yeah. to collect himself, right?" Yeah. You know, and then Hangman was like, he is out of the country, but he's not in Canada. So sounds like he went maybe to his other home, Japan. And he was looking maybe to find a friend there, I think he alluded to. Oh, he's got to climb a mountain. Yeah, he's got to go you know. fight in Kota Ibushi. He's got to go through the woods find Kota yeah. Ibushi in his trailer that it, where he, he's living in hiding since or his Kota, retirement. He's on, and he's out there... Um, doing whatever Luke Skywalker was doing in The Last Jedi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
Uh, Ibushi would be a great Jedi, like a great curmudgeon. Um, but because so they have the Blood and Guts is coming up mm-hmm. um, between Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite. Yeah. Brian Danielson of Blackpool Combat Club has the broken arm, can't compete. They need a replacement. And the Elite, they've been teaming with Eddie Kingston. There's only four guys in the Elite. They've been teaming with Eddie Kingston as their fifth. Eddie Kingston's in Japan. Congratulations to Eddie Kingston, by the way. The new NJPW Strong Openweight Champion, oh, which yeah. is like the top title of uh, New Japan's U.S. brand. Hang on. Wait. I'm just remembering that here I am saying I didn't watch any wrestling this week. I watched two New Japan pay-per-views with you. Yeah. And Impact. Mm-hmm. And GCW Cleanup. I watched probably four hours plus of wrestling this week. And I'm like sitting here going, I didn't see anything. This so week. much I don't wrestling. Know what's going on. Anyway, continue. Congratulations, no, Eddie. We were very happy congratulations, for you. Congratulations, Eddie. You know, I, it was great. It was and also Julia. And congratulations, Julia. Julia's great. And Willow, you had a great match. And I hope you win the you own did. Hard Cup tournament. But um, Eddie, it was also nice to see Eddie win a title in Japan because I know how meaningful that is for him. Um, but anyway. He won that title, but they need a fifth person because he's going to be staying in Japan now for the next month to do the G1 Climax tournament. Um, and so I thought they were just going to do it four on four because that's still fine, but they were like, we got to do five on five. So the Elite have yet, to, or Blackpool Combat Club have yet to announce their fifth person. Seems like Don Callis maybe is trying to recruit Chris Jericho. I don't know if that's. Uh, oh, and that then would be quite a show. It would be interesting. And then. It seems like perhaps the Elite are bringing in Kota Ibushi, which everybody's been waiting for Ibushi to hopefully show up in AEW. He just signed with a promotion in Japan, I believe, called Glate. Um, Glate? Yeah, which is they have fantastic matches. They cross over with New Japan a lot, but it's I he was on the outs with New Japan because of some stuff. With, they tried to make him come back too early or something from an injury or that. Uh, one of the VPs got mad at him because he showed up at a DDT show and he handled it very bad. Like the the executive handled it very badly and then kind of got punished and New Japan issued an apology uh, about the whole thing. Um, but it seems like he maybe some fences are being mended. But pre-Forbidden Door, they were like, Ibushi's not going to show up in AEW because he's not going to want to do any crossover stuff with New Japan. But now that that's over for the time being, mm-hmm. it would be a great time to bring him in. It would be kind of weird to bring him in for blood and guts because it's such a crazy, like aggressive match and Ibushi is sort of I mean he's yeah. he's sort of a high-flying guy but he also does I mean his character is weird because he seems like he's gonna be real chill mm-hmm. but then he always goes into this mode where he's just gonna murder you mm. um but he and Kenny Omega are great friends That's possibly great. more well, so, I'm excited for that yeah what, what's this thing about Jey Uso we so, gotta hear more about Jey Uso what's doing what's doing with him the main event the, is that his name? Main event Jey Uso. His, that's his, his name. name. That's his nickname. J- is that new? No, he's it's always been that. Well, no, not always. It was when he joined the Bloodline because that was what Roman Reigns was like trying to build him up as as he was oh, manipulating yeah. him into being becoming his follower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. he was like, "You're gonna be the main event." I hear so you. He's been main I get, event Jey Uso. What perhaps, I get what. So I'm wondering at this point, is Jey Uso a better choice to defeat Roman Reigns for these titles than Cody Rhodes? I know we've been working towards Cody Rhodes. But the thing the thing is, look. Do you really think they're working towards Cody Rhodes? I do think it's been in the background. At least Cody keeps bringing it up. But the, the thing is, so look, New Japan is a place, like I bring up new, other places do this too, but like New Japan is a place that will constantly do this thing where they, and I think I've talked about it on here, they'll have somebody like work their way up to like a title shot 
they'll get there. Kota Ibushi was a great example. He won the G1 Climax tournament, which is a month-long tournament. It's very hard to win. It's like very taxing, and to win it is like a huge deal. It's like one of the biggest things you can do in New Japan, in all of Japanese wrestling. He wins, gets a world title shot at um, Wrestle Kingdom, which is like their uh, WrestleMania, right? Huge show. And he loses. Does he get another title shot a month later? No. He does. He has to win the G1 Climax Tournament again the next year. And then he loses the title shot to Jay White. And then Tetsuya Naito, who was the champion, was like, well, the the Wrestle Kingdom was two nights. I'm going to give Ibushi a title shot anyway. So anyway, look, it took him a year to get back there. And then he wins the title. So I love it when like New Japan does stuff like that. But it does kind it can really work. It can really hurt somebody. And in this case, I just feel like what Cody's going to be doing in between is he's not I, just having like the Brock Lesnar rematches and doing kind of the standard issue WWE booking. I don't think it's going to make anybody like that. I don't know. Maybe it'll be fine when we get there at WrestleMania next year. I'm assuming that's what the plan is. Um, it'll be fine when we get back to Cody and Cody will be great. Uh, and we'll all be excited for Cody to win the title. But it just feels like we should have just done it then. I don't know what's going to happen in between. That's got like that's gonna. It's not like Cody is this younger guy that's like needed a little more sauce, you know, yeah. need a little more seasoning, a little time to simmer. Cody's been on this big journey already. Maybe he hasn't been in it in WWE, but it felt like the time. The whole place would have gone nuts if he had won at yeah, WrestleMania. So I know, it's, but it's I like, think what we've already. Well, I feel like what we are the lesson we learned from that is that their plans for Cody are not what we all hoped they were and what Cody probably hoped they were. Yeah, and so I can't tell if that's what's going to happen. But if that is still what's going to happen, have they cooled him off to the point that, like, look, this Bloodline storyline I still think has been great and it's been very well told. And Jey Uso has been kind of the protagonist of it from the beginning. Yeah. It's been his journey. Right. And so it's like... That's you know, I'm, it's crazy to me to think, like, I love, I was always a big Usos fan, but now it's just like, they had never really been featured separately ever until this Bloodline thing started. And so now it seems like it would be best to just have Jay Uso win. Well, I mean, I, I can't speak to that, but I, I will say like in the, in the casual viewing of this that I've done, mm-hmm. it does always kind of feel like the Cody Rhodes thing was crowbarred in there. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel natural. Like it's kind of yeah. like it's like the the bloodline story at least has like you understand why everyone there is involved with each other and yeah. why they're all like mad at each other and like yeah things that are like that's very easy to understand. I don't understand as a casual viewer who doesn't you know pour over this every single week right. the WWE product anyway. Um, I don't understand why Cody is part of the story at all. Well, and Cody, I think that's the problem. Cody was only part of that story because he won a title shot and Roman was the champion. Right. So, Which is like the lowest stakes you can have in wrestling, I think. Like, yeah. it's like there's nothing personal there. I mean, there well, are, the, there is something personal there because we bring it. But like, you know, I, I don't know that like story-wise from WWE's perspective, there's anything personal for Cody in this. I think they did do a good job of making it personal because of the all like well they brought it back to Dusty Rhodes where Dusty Rhodes was like the main guy the booker of NXT and he was running NXT yeah. and he saw a lot he saw a main eventer in Roman Reigns mm-hmm. and Cody his own son he didn't c- sort of push that way and Cody didn't even really get to work with him yeah um, and so it was that thing where it was like he believed more Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman were getting in Cody's head that he believed his father believed more in Roman than he did in his own son Cody. When did they do all this? They did it on Raw. They had a bunch of promos. Oh, okay. Um, 
but that was that was when that feud was going on. So I do think they did a good job of making that feel personal. And also, I mean, the Royal Rumble thing with WrestleMania, that's just what they do yeah, every I year. Yeah, I guess it just feels more personal with Jay. And again, it does. It does. It definitely it, does. Again, does. like I cannot emphasize enough that I do not think WWE has any interest in making Cody champion. I do not believe that Perhaps. for even a second. Perhaps. If I eat my words next year at WrestleMania, I will eat my words gladly. But, like, I really do not believe this. I mean, I, you know. I believe maybe they told him they would and that they're not going to actually do that because that's classic. Or they'll wait. <laughs> well, another thing they do is they'll wait until it's, like, not cool anymore. Or they'll just, like, screw you over in a way. I mean, one of the things that drove CM Punk crazy was just this WWE. But, like... I mean, he was the guy. He was the most popular guy. It was mm-hmm. organic. Everybody was into it. And yet they still, like, undercut him at every juncture. Yeah. Um, and did give him the title. And, you know, it was he was still successful. But, like, they had him lose at all the points where he should have won because he did it. He got over himself. Yeah. And so they made sure that he wasn't as, as popular or as pushed as he could. And even when he was the champion for a year plus... He like never main evented the pay per views ever. It was always John Cena. There were times John Cena fought this guy John Laurinaitis, who was just an executive there. I mean, he used I know to be who a wrestler. John Laurinaitis is. Yeah, he used to be a wrestler, but he was like an executive there. He was this hated guy there for the most part, um, and he was just this like stupid authority figure, like cartoon character. And John Cena faced him. It was like. A, it was like a joke by that point that yeah. like CM Punk was never allowed to main event the pay-per-views and John Cena versus John Laurinaitis of all people was main eventing. It just like made no sense for this. Yeah, um, and Cody feels like he's in kind of the same position. Yeah. Cause I think they're incredibly petty and I think people like that who are not company men are not going to be pushed in the way that guys like who are company. Cause I, again, like I feel like WB told us everything we need to know about how they feel about Cody Rhodes when they brought Brock Lesnar out at the raw after mania and beat him and beat him and, and beat, beat him, him and beat him. <laughs> like, like that was all the information we need, like to understand where he stands in the company. It's also hard to tell because Cody is such a good performer. Like he's a very good actor. He's, I think he's a great wrestler and he's really just such a strong performer that he can make it feel important, even if it's not mm-hmm. like even the Dom stuff that was just kind of like a God, whatever Dom match was so silly. Yeah. And it's like, even that stuff, Cody can make it feel like mm-hmm. at least going into that, it felt like it was going to be really important yeah. or something. So Cause that's another example. Like the match he gets at money in the bank is against Dom. Yeah. It's just like, that's another example of like, they do not take him seriously. Well, it was, and that was also because they were like, well, we have to have the third Lesnar match, but we're not going to do it at money in the bank. We'll wait till SummerSlam. So that was just like filler. But yeah, honestly, you could just like not even have had Cody, have that match you could just have cody do a promo you could do the stuff yeah. they did with on raw with cody and brock at money in the bank or have cody run in during the bloodline thing at some point to keep him involved in that story if that's the end game you know yeah i don't otherwise he's so at this point i feel like he's in a different branch of whatever universe he also like refuses to go after the, the seth rollins world title because it's not because that's the other thing the other thing that's going to get in the way of cody running next year for the title at w at running like he's running for mm-hmm. office but like mm-hmm. h- like his chase for the title also has sammy and kevin owens in the way sammy Zayn. are they still is still 
they PS they pop yeah, up true. every time the bloodline are doing something. That's true. They put they literally put them at Money in the Bank. They put them yeah. in like the box in the audience and interviewed them from the crowd. Because he believes in Jey Uso. Right. But like they're still in the story. So it's like there's so True. many people in that storyline at this point. It's hard to it's see Game where there's Thrones. room for Cody to come back in. I think they're going to do a Game of Thrones. They'll kill off the Usos and Solo and they're going to have new characters come in. Yeah. that, that would, you'd, you'd have to. Almost. That is the thing about Game of Thrones. It was a great show for most of it, but it was just yeah. very like... I don't know how many more new protagonists I have in me to like get invested in. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, like, Sami Zayn is so over, too. I know. So Sam- it's like, if Sami gonna- should have won the titles, mm-hmm. really. And then Cody should have. Yeah, there's and a now, lot of should haves. And now Jay really should. And yeah. people would go nuts. I can't stress enough how invested I was in that thing and how. Again, it was basically just the same thing you would see on a Raw tag team match where, like, so-and-so pins the champion to set up a title match, but it felt like such a huge deal because mm-hmm. Roman has not had not been pinned. It was the first time he'd been pinned in almost three years or yeah. over three years, um, and it just is, you know, I just think it would be, like, it's so hard to, it's so hard to create a moment like this, mm-hmm. and they've done it almost by accident like three times mm-hmm. at this point. Um, it's similar to when Kofi Kingston got like, I, I can't remember. It wasn't like the original plan for him to kind of like get the title shot, but he just was so over and it just worked out that way. And they were like, just do it. Mm-hmm. But also that was, I mean, Daniel Bryan was a champion and he's just very willing to like put people over. And it, w- it wasn't as Ro- It wasn't a thing like Roman where he's like not allowed to lose. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think Jey Uso, I, strong case, just have Jey Uso. I don't think he's going to, but I would love yeah. to have him win. I think your all your ideas for WWE are always good. Thank you. And uh, Thank you. the ideas they come with, um, up with on their own are usually not as good. There you have it. That's the verdict. Yeah. Should we do Gossip Corner? Gossip Corner. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Well, the Because <laughs> this kind of goes into my awards, too. Yeah. Not really, but I have an honorable mention for my awards do with y- it. But um, Brogan Finley uh, had his wallet, st- not not just his wallet, it sounds like his whole, like, when you go visit, when you go visit, when you go visit the indie wrestlers at their yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just here to visit. Uh, yeah, Joey I, am, I saw you guys were in town, thought I'd stop by for a quick visit. Yeah. <laughs> they usually have, like, big belts, like. Um, fanny packs? Like fanny packs, mm-hmm. like m- money belts kind of thing. where yes. they Where they tuck their money that you pay them mm-hmm. when you buy a shirt or a photo or a, or something. Mm-hmm. And Brogan Finley had his belt stolen, his like money belt. Like, cause it wasn't just his wallet. Cause uh, we learned about this cause Billy Starks posted about it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And she, if you go to Billy Starks Instagram, there's uh, his email address. So you can PayPal him to help him recoup his losses. Yeah. But she said he lost all his money from his merch yep. lost all his money from his matches like oh, God, i'm like the, it's like you know a week of work or something that he's lost i'm like that's so awful yeah whoever is stealing from fucking indie wrestlers yeah this is really <laughs> like of all the people to rob in the world yeah these it, it really everybody's like getting by like i hope that you are addicted to so much meth because there's no other reason to do yeah, that that's the only <laughs> excuse i will accept the only thing can be if you are just so addicted to drugs but you're like i gotta r- knock over this busker you know yeah, like bit, yeah, Jesus, like, i gotta rip off carnies mm-hmm. so and, you know if you want to throw some 
some money over to Brogan Finley, son of Seriously. the great Fit Finley, brother of Bullet Club leader David Finley. Yeah. So. I just think that's so shitty. Like that, it is. Like I'm against thievery in general, but I think the lowest form of fever thievery, aside from like robbing an orphanage, is robbing like independent artists who are like touring and like yeah, because it's the already road. so hard to make that because they're a already that on way. the road. Yeah. Like, people do this to bands. Like, I, there are some yeah. indie bands that I follow that sometimes they'll be like, all our amps got stolen. And you're like, who the fuck? This is also like... This when is evil. I mean, <laughs> theft is, like, worse depending on who you're stealing from, like, generally. It's stealing yeah. from, like, people is usually the worst. Yeah. And yeah. Stealing from artists like this is really just Like, stealing despicable. from people who are out on the road. They've got very thin margins that yeah, they're they operating like budgets. on. They're like crashing on couches and you're stealing their friggin merch money. earnings, yeah. like all their earnings, like or their equipment or whatever, like the stuff they need to do their jobs too. then then like then they yeah, can't even make a living. Exactly. We are against stealing from independent artists. Yeah. If you're going to steal from an artist, go to the Taylor Swift heiress tour. <laughs> She's got yeah. 90 trucks. Yeah. Steal, rip off Taylor Swift. <laughs> I love Taylor Swift, and I she support the Eras tour. But yeah, she can absorb those costs. Yeah, Brogan she... Finley cannot. No. Anyway. Anyway, that's the verdict. It's my new thing. I'm doing. I mean, I know she probably has better security, but she does also have ninety trucks, so you've got to be able to get in. Yeah, she could afford to lose like three of them. <laughs> that would be like the plot of like a Star Wars cartoon. Like the Empire's got these. We're gonna steal. Get all these trucks. We're gonna steal three of them. Yeah. And try they, if they had trucks in Star Wars, that'd be great. If Star Wars was the same, but it was all trucks. Yeah. Instead of ships. Yeah, and it's just on land and not yeah. in space. It's yeah. Just on Earth. It's just in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> Man, the Colorado PD is really getting pretty a, fascist a here. A fairly recent time ago in a land that's not that far away. Yeah, Denver. <laughs> uh, All right, awards time? Awards time. All right, well, okay. promo of the week. I picked uh, the opening segment of AEW Dynamite, Darby Allen and Keith Lee, and Darby Allen firing up Keith Lee and telling him, you know, where you been? This is the time, like... You're teaming up with Swerve. If you have to win this on your own, mm-hmm. win it on your own. You know, uh, it was a great segment, and it just—it was a great segment because of what it led to. You know, I mean, like it wasn't—you know—it was like all the performances were fine. You know, whatever. But it was like it me—it meant like, oh my god, because we've been—I've been worried about Keith Lee because mm-hmm. he hasn't been—he's only been working tag matches. He's yeah seemed a little well, he's slower. A little older, right? He is a little older, but he seemed a little—I mean, he's only—he's like—he's like our age. Um. He's not forty yet, uh, but he's just—I I don't know—and like—and the big thing is like they had this whole thing with Swerve and him, and it was like it's the, the clear, obvious end game was Keith Lee versus Swerve Strickland in a singles match somewhere, and it just was not happening. They had a tag match, and the feud was just like kind of going on and meandering, and it was like why aren't they having that match? And it was just like, can Keith Lee not have a singles match? Mm -hmm. And he hadn't really been having singles matches. So I just was a little worried about him. And this promo was like, all right, yes. Like we're going somewhere with this. This is, it seems like maybe he had like an injury or something. Cause he almost, he also had that COVID thing where he almost died. So it was like, Mm -hmm. maybe there's still residual effects with immediate long COVID, Yeah, you know, and like just couldn't breathe properly. And so maybe his cardio wasn't as good, but like, um, yeah, but it seemed like we were refocusing on him, and that'll lead into uh, a later thing I'll talk about. 
Oh, great. Well, my promo of the week is the MJF and Adam Cole thing mm-hmm. that's continuing, and I think it's just the best thing they've done with MJF in a while. Mm-hmm. I think MJF shines. I know I'm a huge MJF mark, but like, I think he particularly shines when they give him a friend or yeah. somebody who's like part of his little world. Because for a long time, I feel like at least the like the few months before this. Even though he had the four pillar stuff and everything, he was kind of on his own and like doing his own little thing and like like the stuff with the band that we saw and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Like that's fun, but I think it's more fun to see MJF like have someone to yeah. bother and like directly deal with all the time. Yeah. And this has been great. Like he threw Adam Cole a little surprise birthday party, yep. ended up with cake in his face. He's been uh tweeting a lot of like kayfabe stuff like he tried to get out of uh he tried to get out of a match by saying that he was sick because adam cole had been yeah. sick and then <laughs> he's like uh, uh, i'm too sick and um it's just great i think it's wonderful and it's my favorite thing happening right now and i also love that adam cole is like you know he's like oh no no mjf sucks he's a, he's a jerk mm-hmm. and then he but then he's like sort of accidentally actually bonding with him because yeah. Adam Cole, even though he's been a great babyface lately, his character at his heart has pretty much always been also a jerk. Yeah. And so he's like surprised by how well they're getting along. And it's like, is MJF getting in his head? Yeah. I think MJF's, it's really, also, a, MJF... really going back to Star Wars, is it's a Palpatine Vader thing. Yeah. Again, and also MJF is like the kid of the company. We forget yeah. that because he's a big guy and yeah. he's like got this big presence, but he's young compared mm-hmm. to a lot of these guys. And so he has that kind of like shitty kid brother energy yeah. <laughs> that I think makes him very likable to people um, and gets him in there anyway. Yeah, I think he's doing it's great because I mean, I think it's still like the story is basically that he's trying to like make him his make Adam Cole his friend so that Adam Cole will stop trying to get a title shot. Yeah. Um but it does but it's seem fun like to watch. Yeah, it does seem like I think we talked about this where it's like, you know, didn't work out with him and CM Punk, but now his other hero, Adam Cole, is like Yeah. It is working out. It's, it's adorable. It is I very love it. cute. Yeah. <laughs> it is very cute. Um and Adam Cole was even like, You did all this stuff for my birthday. Thank you. And it really was it seemed like a nice thank you. Yeah. Um Anyway, right. going into the match, match of the week. Of the week. So I, it was hard for me to pick because there was, I mean, there was a lot of stuff. Uh, those New Japan um, title matches that were at the Independence Day shows were great, but I think for me the the thing that that hit me the hardest was the thing that that promo was setting up, which was Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen in the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament for a AEW World Tag Team Title shot. This was like a reemergence of Keith Lee. He looked fantastic in this match. The whole match was like built beautifully. Everybody looked great. And like, I mean, go out of your way to watch this. Keith Lee looked like classic Keith Lee again. Um, And it was also like just like a great ending. And it looks like he and Swerve are hopefully going to have this match eventually. Um, But it really was great. Keith looked like like the old Keith Lee of old. He looked just like so many big spots and he looked strong and great sturdy you know that's great um okay so mine i was nervous this week because i didn't see because you watched no wrestling i watched watched like i only watched like six hours of wrestling so i was like what am i gonna pick for my match of the Mm -hmm. week um but when i was watching gcw clean up last night there was i almost picked this for promo of the week but it's really more of the match of the week because effie comes out and gives a promo uh on gcw cleanup last night 
and I couldn't really hear the promo super well because the sound was not mixed great yeah. for the live event. <laughs> um, and uh, Effie comes out, and the the gist of the promo that I could understand is Effie being like, somebody was supposed to fight me, but they're not here or whatever, so I'm just doing an open challenge to whoever wants to come fight me mm-hmm. or whatever. And this, like... During the promo, we get all kinds of fun stuff, like people chanting Hartford's gay because they're in Hartford and it's Effie and Mm -hmm. saying things are gay is like a way of supporting Effie. (laughs) And people are like just, Effie's so over with this crowd, by the way. Like they love, like the minute they announce him coming Mm -hmm. out, people are like, oh my God. No, Effie is Um, And so Effie is like, anybody wants to come fight me, come fight me. John Wayne Murdoch and Cole Raddock are supposed to have a match after this. John Wayne Murdoch comes out to meet the open challenge and the announcers are like, oh man, he's already got a match tonight and he wants to do another one. Mm. But then Cole Raddock obviously gets upset that like John Wayne Murdoch's doing this. So then Cole Raddock comes out and it becomes a surprise three-way, which the announcers are sure to make a fun joke about. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're like the best kind. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, John Wayne Murdoch ends up winning, but it was just a great match because I loved I really loved the build Mm -hmm. from like a promo, like basically into the match that was scheduled next, Mm -hmm. but they managed to make it so organic of a build that at no point did I like tune out and look away because it was like, oh no, oh my God, he's attacking Effie. Oh no, now Cole Raddick's out here. You know, it was just like that really fun, intense build to the match. And then they were doing lots of cool spots. Like they had doors, you know, they did, they did all the GCW stuff. They did the doors, they did the chairs. They did, (laughs) yeah, it was great. And uh, John Wayne Murdoch pins Cole Raddick. So it ends up being a nice end to that, to that match. Oh, because they ended up finishing their own match. Right. So it was like, I was like, this is awesome. So anyway, that was my match. So is what happens when you invite a third. I do want to say honorary mention to Brogan Finley, who was in the show last night. And when he came in for the opening four way, um, because UCW, you know, they love to do those opening matches yeah, yeah, of yeah. like everybody. Yeah. yeah. But this was a four way. And when Brogan Finley came in, the announcers were like, he could really use the win. <laughs> That's all they said. They didn't explain to people why they said that. They were just like, he could really uh. use the win. <laughs> anyway. That's how I would want to be introduced all the time. <laughs> yeah. Just disheveled. Like, uh, anyway. All right. Outfit of the week. Outfit of the week. I don't know. I picked Seth Rollins again. He had like a cool little puffy. I just like that he wears what he wants to wear. Mm-hmm. And he pushes boundaries. And you know, I don't know if he's trying to do it like... And I don't know if he's trying to be annoying or something, but I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had this like big puffy like half shirt thing, but it works for him, you know. Mm-hmm. He looks good in it. That was what he wore on Raw, I believe. Seth is always good at outfits. He is. My pick is two people because they were in a match together wow. and they looked great. Billy Starks and Utami Hayashishida. Mm-hmm. I said it right on the first try. Holy wow, crap! You did, yeah. Uh, <laughs> If you could see the way it's spelled, you'd be like, well, that is not something I'm going to say right at the first try. But I did it. Um, they both, they wrestled each other in GCW last night, and their outfits both were fantastic. Very mm. brightly colored. Mm-hmm. Utami had kind of like a flame like motif going on. Billy had like her brightly colored kind of alien, you know, yeah, yeah. thing going on. Did you have the bunny head? Uh, I didn't see the bunny head, but I was like kind of fast forwarding through because mm-hmm. I was trying to see just the matches. But like, they looked great, so that's my outfit. You of the were week. skipping the entrances. I was 
not intentionally, but it was on Fight Plus, which is a great thing that you should get because you can watch the GCW stuff. Um, and it's just hard to fast forward through Fight Plus mm. um, in a very accurate way, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like making sure that I could see as much as, of the show that, as I could. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Nerd fantasy booking. I want to see... There's a guy I follow on Instagram whose Instagram I did. I think it's Razmataza. Oh. And he's this very Scottish guy. And he does a lot of soccer content. And I don't really care about that part that much because I don't really follow soccer or know anything about it. But the thing that he does that I love is he reviews stadium food. So it'll just be like he'll find people will tweet a picture of like, I got these pulled pork nachos that you know whatever manchester united or whatever and so he is he'll be like it'll say the thing there's a picture of it the then the price of how much it was um and he will review it and rate it one through ten or zero through ten and it's just fun he'll do like four three or four of them every time and i want that guy to be an (laughs) all-in So be like, let's read some more football stadium foods. Like that's how he does it, and it's a net cadence every time. And he's like, he'll just be like, oh, you get a good portion of chips, and just, or he'd be like, oh, this looks gross, you know. And then he rates it one through ten. And I want that guy to do something at AW All In. Get him, Tony, Tony Khan. Tony, do it. Get him, Tony. Influencers, influencers. Get him in there. Get him to review stuff. I want it to happen. All right. Well, mine's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, building on that, I want Effie in a major pay-per-view for a wrestling company that has a major pay-per-view. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Impact. I don't care if it's AW. I don't care if it's WWE. I want to hear Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. It needs to be AW. Yeah, I was going to say, I got news for, for you. <laughs> like, I want Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. I want Effie sauntering out there. I want people going nuts for it. I want him to do something weird. Yeah, I feel like it would AEW or Impact would be a good spot. I just always worry about anybody going to WWE. If he went to WWE, it would have to be a signal of like a whole new era for them. Yeah, which would be exciting. But I don't think it would happen. I could see him doing really well there. But everything around him still being the same. Yeah. Because he he doesn't... I don't think he's the type of guy who would be easily steamrolled. No, I don't think so either. I think he'd come in on his own terms and, like, demand to do things on his own terms. Or leave. Exactly. Um, And and I think it... But I think at AEW, he would be really fantastic. um, And because they would probably let him do the weirder stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if he does show up in AEW. I'd love to see, like, an Effie deletion match kind of style. Oh, wow. Like, some sort of pre-tape. Like... I, I bet if you gave him a budget and like yeah. the freedom to do that, to we do would get something cinematic. really special. I <laughs> yeah. would agree. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's my. I would love to see it. Booking. Well, I mean, Nick Wayne, eighteen-year-old prodigy, Nick Wayne is coming into AEW. Ooh. Um, I haven't seen a lot of him, but I'm excited to see what he can do. Everybody's really into him. All right. Um, but yeah, we're. Uh, I think that's pretty much all we have for today. It is, uh, and we'll see y'all next weekend. See you in the future. Yeah. Bye.